Welcome to the Think Like a Brand, Not a Bank podcast, a series designed to give you real-world examples from thought makers in financial services and beyond. If you haven't grabbed your copy yet, check out thinklikeabrandbook.com. Let's go. All right. I am excited for this one. Today, I am joined by Billy Howard. Currently, Billy is the founder and CEO of Brandthrow, as well as a regular Forbes columnist, and most recently, an executive board member at Fast Company. As if that wasn't enough, she's also the author of WeCommerce and a former IBM futurist. Welcome, Billy. Thanks so much for having me and for that uh, very audacious uh, intro. <laughs> You're, well, we've got to have people listen, so it's best to, you know, p- pump it up up front. But all of those are true facts about you. Um, and, you know, you and I have, have, have talked offline. Our, our conversation today is part of a mini cast um, about uh, my book with Liz High uh, titled Think Like a Brand, Not a Bank. So we want to talk about that. But before we dive in, tell everyone a little bit more about Brand Throw. Sure. Um, Brandthrow is a technology company that's built for marketers by marketers. That's really one of the things that makes us really unique. Um, We're a SaaS platform for emotional insights, or we can be thought of as an insights as a service company. What's Mm -hmm. cool about us is we use non-equilibrium signal analysis that was validated on Wall Street. It was actually originally created to predict market movement, to score Mm -hmm. and predict emotion, human emotion. And because we use data science versus statistics, we're able to use sample sizes of 100 to be predictive of a population. So this allows us to be able to create really unique cohorts. Uh, you and I have discussed that a lot, designed right. to fill in gaps around more traditional means of segmentation. Uh, this is really, really important as monolithic cohorts no longer exist, simply based on the current population and also the movement towards identity fluidity across everything from gender to culture to age. So, for example, like if Zell came to us and said 63% of teen girls want to be debt free, we would be able to advise them on how to engage those girls emotionally to ensure that they chose Zell as their digital cash payment provider of choice. So, simply put, we're an emotional insights company that helps brands with predictive storytelling and creating more emotionally engaging customer experiences. Um, we can be integrated to any stack or platform and are designed intentionally to be different than sentiment analysis in every way as we feel really old, old means of measuring emotion, they, they just don't work anymore. Um, we also offer a marketer on demand model to help you know, people get their feet wet. And you know, we're also happy to collaborate with, with our clients as well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, no. It, uh, well, I asked uh, also selfishly, because as you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan and, and you and I have some, some shared belief on the, the ineffective nature of you know, just looking at demographics or kind of using the... Uh, the blunt instruments um, of of marketing. You're right. They uh, not only is the effectiveness, I think, kind of questionable, but just as practitioners, quite frankly, it's just not that interesting work. Um, and so, a lot of you know, a lot of what you all do and what we've talked about is just interesting to do as a marketer. And yes, it's effective, and and you have all the data to back it up. But I just um, I love it. I hope everybody uh, hope everybody checks it out. You you mentioned Zell, so you know you have not a client, but you have clients and prospects in financial services and also beyond. 
So kind of back to the book, what do you feel it means to think like a brand, not a bank? Well, first of all, I love the book. So again, oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, But in particular, your reference to mindset and the fact that brand is no longer about fluffy stuff is really Mm -hmm. what resonates a lot with me. The brand is the business and the business is the brand. And people, I believe really, and I I believe you said something similar, we need to move away from the 1990s definition of the word. I think this is really important that brands have to continue to be so strategic around creating entirely new ecosystems that best meet customers where they're at. That's truly disruptive stuff that goes way beyond making a pretty logo. We no mm-hmm. longer just transact with brands in a straight line or a linear manner. We need to build brands, as you know, that are nonlinear. So they place the customer at the heart of their experience in ways that matters most to them. This need for surgical understanding of the customer is why we are so focused on the precise scoring of emotion. But anyone needs to, to take a look at it no matter how you do it. I think a, a great analogy for this is similar to how storytelling had a change in our built binge culture. So it's not once mm. a week linear transactional anymore, but it's always on nonlinear, which is relationship driven, as we know. And that's really how a brand now has to be. To think like a brand mindset has a lot of, I believe, great solve for any organization that's trying to drive, drive growth today around this shift in ways that are more, what I like, deeply strategic thinking that you had in the book as opposed to, um, you know, pure tactics, just being tactical. Right, right. No, I love the the linear uh, nature of, um, of, uh, of media consumption, right? Waiting around the, the tube television for the, the show to come on once a week. And, and now you can just, it, it's really more of, I, I would actually say not so much trans, I don't think there's really transactions anymore. I, I think it's more consumption, right? Even if it's, a, you know, even if it's a t-shirt, right? Um, so uh, I think that, that that kind of goes with the the brand thinking. So clearly you've read the book, which is great because, uh, you know, like I've mentioned the first series or first episode, it would be super awkward <laughs> to have this conversation had you not. So to test your memory, there were five principles in the book and you mentioned mindset matters which is which is in the intro of the principles which one was your favorite and why well anyone who knows me knows that i'm a disruptor so i really enjoyed i really enjoyed as are you i really enjoyed the content around being counterintuitive right Mm. so in particular you said don't put the customer first and i actually agree with you because long ago steve jobs nailed it best when he said give customers what they want before they know they want it that mm-hmm. kind of insight doesn't come from customer data and the idea that you know your customer and what they want simply because you have a ton of information about them it's a really naive and dangerous point of view to have today all that stuff doesn't really mean anything without context of who the customer really is and how they really feel Again, this is why we are working to bring emotion to the strategy stage so we can help brands understand who people are and then build the experiences and products they didn't even know they might want. Um, You know, you can actually do this in part by putting the employee first and empowering them with the insights they need to ask the right questions to make better decisions themselves Mm -hmm. that ultimately will lead to the best outcomes for customers. I I believe that the future of transformation has got to be all about insight democratization a mentor of mine, excuse me, a mentor of mine who is one of our senior advisors told me that insights done correctly at scale have the ability to not just impact marketing, but market cap. And I not only believe him, I see that thinking catching on each and every day. 
So, you know, all, all of the things that you hit on <clears throat> about doing things differently and really putting yourself outside the box, you know, I found extremely relevant and intriguing. Well, no, thank you. No, I appreciate that. And, I, and, and as you know, as you're probably not surprised, that's also um, sometimes doing the counterintuitive thing is is my favorite principle um, as well. And and one of the reasons for that is it can also be it can also be applied. Hopefully, all of them, but it can also be applied outside of banking. Um, do you have a, a good example um, outside of, of financial services of a of a brand or company that's that's really kind of thinking or doing counterintuitively? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, the book is is relevant to anyone. And, and I think that that's a really strong uh, success for you, because I know that you come from financial services, but all of the principles um, are, are widely applied. Um, and the thinking should be applied no matter who you are or what you do or sell. Um, Goldbelly is an amazing example. For, mm. they, didn't, they didn't lead with what a customer wanted. They invented a brand experience that offered restaurants, for example, the chance to thrive in COVID and a way for people to be surprised and delighted by amazing food from all over the country at a time when we know joyful moments were tough to come by. The right. breadth and mutuality of the brand is what's genius. And it didn't come from putting the customer first. It came from pure disruption and creativity, which I think is what you're encouraging people to do in your book. I use right. another great example in my own book about this with Porsche. Everyone said mm. no one would want no one would want a Porsche family car as it went against the core of a Porsche enthusiast. Well, guess what? The Cayenne is one of the most successful car launches in history, let alone within Porsche. So, um, you know, I, I think that doing things differently um, is is critical. That's great. That that example of um, of of Porsche with uh, in in your book, right? And I actually, you know, got a lot of inspiration from WeCommerce, um, especially along the counterintuitive thinking line, which is uh, just you know very briefly um, the the problem statement was what would it take for a household to own a second Porsche and what what would they want? And um, it was, you know, an SUV. So it's very counterintuitive. I see them on the road and I think, wow, that's a lot to pay for <laughs> for an SUV. But um, but I'm not a Porsche owner, but I, I, I get it. And I think those are those are two um, two fantastic examples. So so thank you. So final question in this ringer that I put you through. Uh, we have several one-liners and quotables in the book, um, which we've also put into presentations for folks to use um, on our website. You can just download them and use them. Um, what's one of the one-liners or quotables that that stuck out to you? Well, I love product isn't what it used to be, neither is loyalty. Um, people don't understand. <laughs> I love that. I mean, people don't understand that loyalty is no longer about transactions or points. It's, mm -hmm. As you well know, it's about knowing your customers and creating meaningful experiences that they want to be a part of. Not because you know it's their birthday, but rather because you know how to consistently make them smile. I think that's a big mistake that a lot of companies make, that they think they have all of this data, but telling me it's my birthday is not something that I'm going to value or want to be a part of. Um, you know, this com you know it, it always comes down to going the extra mile to really know who someone is, just like your Prince Charles and Ozzy Osbourne comparison, which mm. you know that I love. As you said on paper, they're the same age, British, male, entrepreneurial, but geez, that's where it ends. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why we're doing the emotional data work we're doing to help brands with that kind of distinction. It's the only yes. way you're going to get someone to have 
that new type of loyalty in a world where I believe convenience trumps all. People don't realize that the idea of as a service, in my opinion, is no longer just for software. Brands mm. need to be always on models that enrich people's lives in ways that make them want to subscribe to them or have them be a part of our everyday. Nimbus is banking in a box, which is in essence banking as a service, I think. Brand throw is insights in a box or insights as a service. A totally different example, Bombas is body comfort in a box. The softest mm. soccer as a service. You can subscribe to Bombas. That's what new brand love to me is all about. And the funny thing is, it's also the skeleton key for trust, which is so hard to achieve, sadly, in today's age of misinformation and general distrust. Oh, no, could not agree more. Well, may, maybe uh, maybe the new tagline for Brand Throw can be, we can tell you the difference between Prince Charles and Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, that could be, I would be okay if you wanted to use that as the tagline for. I uh, absolutely <laughs> would, especially <laughs> since I actually really, really like one of those two people. Yeah. And I'm going to let you guess who that is. I think I think we have a theme here because the the episode before before yours with Alita uh, Alita De Maria we actually get into um, uh, quite the conversation of which of those two are her favorite I'll let you let you listen and guess to that one but um, Billy thank you for just making the time to to talk to me about this I always I always feel smarter and inspired when I when I talk to you and just your advocacy for the book I, you were one of the people I talked to early on when I was thinking about doing this and Liz and I were getting together on it and and you really kind of pushed me forward in a moment that I wasn't uh, where I wasn't too sure. So appreciate both of those things. Well, thank you. <clears throat> and thank you for your friendship. And I, I admire a, a lot of the work that you do at Nimbus. I, I think you're one of the top CMOs and um, I, I really enjoy our time together. So thank you for having me and congrats again. It's a, it's a really, really good book. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.